Inside the recording studio, I am Jody Whitesides, and with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? Hello, Jody. I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Fantastic. I'm actually doing, uh, yeah, if I did any better, I couldn't stand it. No. <laughs> That's why you're I'm sitting good. down. <laughs> yeah, I'm safe. Yeah, got to be safe. How are you doing, buddy? I'm alive and not unwell, so I'm all good. But, you so, know, I just wanted to throw something out there immediately off the top of this episode that for anybody listening, you should pay extra particular attention to the advertisement that happens in the middle of this episode. You, you might get a nice little, like, hey, I should do that kind of thing. Cool. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So with that, uh, I yeah. So we should probably just start right in on on what today's episode is. And what is it today, Chris? I, th I think we should. I agree. Um, last episode, we talked about busting some myths. Yes, and we did. I look at, and I look at this episode as almost like a continuation on that uh, in some sense. But we are talking about... Your DAW, your digital audio workstation, does it really matter which one you use? Is it my DAW or your DAW or just anybody's DAW in general? Anybody's DAW. Mm. I know that. Uh, I know my choice is why I use what I do, but. Um, <laughs> I know the yeah. reason why you use one particular DAW. Yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's a certain. Um, podcast co-host that may or may not have turned me <laughs> on to that back in the, the days of yore. Um, but in all seriousness, does the DAW matter, Jody? Uh, I suppose it depends on what you're doing, right? It's one of those things that's kind of program dependent, but you know, that, that, that might be something that comes a little further down the road inside this episode. So why don't you just kick it off on what you think your biggest issue is when it comes to the DAW? Yeah, and b before we dive in, we should also say that this is sort of the idea for this sort of podcast or this subject kind of came to us when you hear a lot of talk and the people are going into this field and they go, what's the best DAW? What's yeah. the best one? And then we get to the first point here. And in my opinion, the best DAW to get is... No, it's the one that fits your workflow the best. Yeah. I, there I, is no, like, oh, you have to use this. You have to use this. It, it really comes down to a workflow thing. Does it do what you want it to do? And let's face it, today, most DAWs are great. You know? <laughs> it's not a whole lot of functionalities. Some of them still, well, each one probably still has their warts that you might not want to, you know, deal with. But or expose. I don't, <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, it just becomes an, um, an issue if those issues, shall we say, prohibits you from doing your work. Yes. So I think that the workflow thing is um, really important. I mean, does it allow you to basically work the way you want it to do or does it fight you all the way? You right? know, and as a little a tangent, thing. I kind of just – Yeah. Do you – early days of Dawes when there were – was it four? There were four major ones early on, two that kind of rose to the, the pinnacle and then two that were kind of nipping at the heels. And of course- Well, how, how far one, are you going back here? What uh, do you think? I don't know, 20 years maybe? Uh, mm -hmm. The first big one I would say that everybody, and everybody kind of still references it as like the granddaddy of them all is Pro Tools. 
And right. then you had Logic, which came up from eMagic, which kind of really hit the scene pretty hard. And then you had Cubase and Digital Performer. Those were the four right. big ones. But the two that everybody kind of really duked it out with for the most part was Pro Tools and Logic. And then – well. I'm going to interject there because I okay. think that it's a little bit, yeah, because I think that's a little bit of um, geography dependent as well. Is it? Because Yeah, because in in Europe, Cubase was a lot bigger than the Logic was at those times. Okay. So yeah. not being a yeah. European, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Well, now you know. Now <laughs> I know. Yeah, now I know. No, no, but it, yeah, it is that. But I think also in, in the early days, there were definite strengths and disadvantages to each one. Sure. I mean, um, if some listener doesn't know that, you know, Pro Tools was the first one that, that essentially was built around the audio engine. You could record audio where early versions of both Logic, either, either that or Notator or Cubase at that point was strictly MIDI, MIDI. sequencing. Yeah, well, and yeah. before Logic... Logic was known as Notator prior to being right. Logic. Then it became Logic Notator. Then it became Logic and then Logic Audio. So right. uh, I'm not sure exactly. Was it version four maybe where they added the audio capability? Is that where about right? It sounds about right to me. Because uh, be version four, that's when I jumped aboard and then it definitely had it. So right. yeah, so, and it might have been just yeah, before it might have been. been version three. I can't remember right off the top of my head. So yeah. But uh, so, so, but today, I mean, with the development is, you know, yeah, some people might still say that if you're doing like heavy MIDI implementation that uh, might be lacking a little bit in Pro Tools. Uh, and some people would argue that Pro Tools still have the best sort of like audio editing functionality. But today, I think it still comes down to what you are Used, used to using, essentially. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Was that. I think yeah. You know, early on, that's why I'm bringing on this early on thing because it was Pro Tools was really the audio world. And that's where yeah. the whole concept of like if you're a professional, you use Pro Tools. And Logic was not that initially. And when it got together with the MIDI and audio, Logic really kind of ruled the roost at that point. Because it's MIDI implementation compared to other DAWs at that point, along with audio and the timing that it had between the two blew everybody mm -hmm. else away. That's not the same anymore, but that's what it was initially. So, and I think yeah. that's where a lot of people really jumped on the logic bandwagon is because the audio and MIDI interactivity and timing was a lot better in logic than it was in anything else initially. And it was also, uh, I know a lot of people actually used to run Logic as front end to their Pro Tools, uh, Pro hardware. Tools hardware. Yeah. Yeah. There was that so, too. Yeah. So, so. yeah. And, and I'm sure there are, you know, myths and hangovers that still linger because of that history. You Plenty know, but, of them, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. But. Um, so getting back yeah. to the workflow thing. You were talking mm -hmm. about the fact that obviously if it fits your workflow, it's probably your best bet. And. The next kind of thing, as you're saying, is like if you're struggling to perform just basic functions in the DAW, maybe that interface isn't for you <laughs> and you might want yeah. to consider something else. Yeah, uh, this is true. Now, another thing that still happens a little bit less today, I think, actually, you know what, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think uh, is to think about hardware requirements. Let's say that yep. you are running a Mac or you're running a PC. There are certain DAWs that are just 
platform specific. Yes. Like you and I, we're big Logic users, and that is Mac only. But that wasn't um, always the case with Logic. No. There was a big was, to do, with, a big brouhaha many years ago. I don't remember the exact year, but I do remember uh, the just the fervor that made people super angry about it is when Apple bought Logic off of, yeah. you know, when they bought eMagic, so to speak. They bought eMagic yeah. to create Logic or to own Logic for themselves. And when they did that, they made it Apple only. And there were a yeah. whole lot of PC eMagic users who were suddenly left, quote unquote, high and dry and super angry about it. And I can, I can understand that anger because back sure. then logic was like grand for logic. And then the plugins that you got or that you wanted that are now standard in the $200 price, those cost extra. And they were several hundred yeah. dollars per plugin to get those extra mm -hmm. plugins like the EXS and other things. So it was a very expensive proposition if you were a PC user to suddenly switch over to Mac at that time. Yeah. So, but yeah, today yeah, in today's you'd, you'd, market, there's, there's really not so many DAWs that are platform specific anymore. I mean, Logic is still platform specific. I think Luna currently is platform specific, but I'd, mm -hmm. I'd be willing to bet that Universal Audio eventually makes it capable to be run on a PC, but right now it's Mac only. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think so. That that is a little bit of a less of a thing. Now there are, um, you know, on the the plugin manufacturer side of things, there there's a lot more, let's say like freeware and things like that for VST on the PC side. Right. But um, but and that for the has more to doll, do with yeah. what happened with Apple because once Apple started getting into that whole game, obviously when picking up GarageBand, Logic, etc., uh, they switched format when they went to. OS 10 audio units to yeah, from yeah, VSTs yeah. to audio units. So now uh, you only get the option of using audio units, technically speaking, in your DAWs on the Mac, if I'm not mistaken, right? But no, mean, no, 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 that, that's just logic use, only. Yeah, you, logic yeah, you can still, thing. yeah, yeah. So if you're running like Cubase or Obviously, if you're running uh, Pro Tools, you still have your AAX and you got your VSTs. And, well, okay, so, okay. Yeah, that, sorry. Yeah, I, I meant to say like, because I know Pro Tools is the AAX format and that kind of thing. I didn't right. mean to imply that Mac AU only is, is Mac only, only is AU yeah. only. Right. I, I meant that it no, was that, more that's like a, a DOS logic thing. I'm not, thing. Yeah, I'm not sure with um, Digital Performer these days if, if that does... VSTs as well, but but that right. that's a whole nother tangent, I think. But uh, right. um, the main workflow thing that you get with your DAW, I think, if you like, if you like looking at the interface, if you know how to work the functionality, that that should be your primary um, source for source for choosing which DAW to use. Sure, yeah. you want to be comfortable with what you're sitting in front of for hours and hours and hours and hours at a time. Yeah. No, as much as we, we like to think that, you know, no, it's just a tool. Yeah. But if you're making your living from this and you're sitting in front and looking at it at, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours a day, you ideally want to <laughs> look at something that doesn't hurt <laughs> your you eyes pin, constantly. Right? Pinwheels in the eyes after a couple hours. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. And that's, that's yeah. Uh, one thing that initially logic had a very good capability of you could change everything about it now it requires a third party 
program in order yeah. to do that. So. Right. Yeah. There's that, and there's but there are guys that are making you know interfaces or, or uh, skins, GUIs for yeah skins and things for that. But but then you know third party. Per, well, from my personally, I I think whenever you see these people doing that kind of thing, it it looks like a Vegas casino. It's like there's <laughs> lots of pinks and greens and things. I'm like, really? You're like looking at that? But I don't know. I hit the maybe that's, <laughs> Yeah, maybe that says more about me. But um, no. But in the interface world or the the GUI world, I have to I have to confess, even though that I am a Logic user, I think still. Pro Tools has the prettiest interface to look at, mm. as far as I'm concerned. It's like, hmm, yeah. So there, <laughs> I said it. Um, All right, good on you. Yeah, but I'm not going to change for that fact, no. anyway, or just for that. Yeah. So um, now, what are some other things that that we might want to consider when we're talking about w- workflow and this? And, and um, I yeah. think a, a big point that should be considered is the type of music and the type of production that you're actually doing. Yeah, that that has to be a big big factor. At least I think so. Uh, that's just me. Um, what do you think? No, I I agree. Yeah, I mean I think there are certain as capable as most DAWs are today doing a variety of tasks. Yep. Um, I think there are certain ones that are better for certain types of, of use. Yes. Like um, we mentioned before in in older podcasts here how. When we used to play together, and we would have backing tracks and everything, and they, they were running off of Ableton Live. Yes, and this was really early on in Ableton Live. So, um, I think version three, I think. Yeah, if it was even that, but it was it was it early have, on. Oh, but you know what? Yeah, it might have actually been version one or two. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, but uh, there is a DAW that has sort of grown from a live sort of DJ aspect environment. Mm-hmm. Right. And hence the name live. <laughs> uh, but uh, so <laughs> if, if you're, yeah, right. It's weird how that works. Um, so if that's what you're looking to do, if you're going to, you know, do a lot of live performance, if you're triggering things or, or however that, that me might be a, uh, a good choice for you. Yes. Um, if you are, you know, if you're, tracking bands or recordings or, or anything like that, you might have a different um, set of, of parameters that, that you might want to get filled first before you're wondering about tweaking timed loops in, in real time, you know? Right. Um, so, so there are those things. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, I think, I mean, that, that's a little bit out of my, my loop, but it seems like Ableton Live is still the 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 top dog there right i would think for for live performance with djs and that kind of thing yeah i you know i'm gonna hold on i'm, to I'm thinking in the dj the world thing. yeah i i would agree with that yeah and it was uh, just really I well mean, designed for that whole aspect in the beginning and it, i'm sure it hasn't really lost those roots you know and yeah it, the funny thing is is as mentioned before on previous episodes when we have talked about ableton live it was Donnie that brought it to my attention, the drummer. Yeah. And it was he and I that sat down to work on cutting up all these pieces, parts of the songs to get them into Ableton Live for us to use it for the our live use. And we ran into issues that it wasn't ready to do more advanced timings in terms of time signatures 
and other yeah, things of that I remember nature. That. So we had to go yeah. back to Ableton and say, hey, you know, we're looking to do this. Can you please make this a functionality? And sure enough, that came out in subsequent updates. So that was good for us. Um, and yeah. I guess it's good for the music community in general that we were talking to them and getting them to do that, which was fun. It yeah. certainly made right, the, the, made for the live oh, thing to work a lot better for us compared to what most people were doing at the time. So you were either locked into using a CD player or a mini disc player. And those things had their problems where if you were, if your stage wasn't super s- stable and whoever yeah. was triggering it, that could cause the disc to skip, which then causes everything else to go completely out of time and out of whack. And you have to shut it off in the middle of the performance. Other bigger yeah. name artists were using Pro Tools rigs as their means mm-hmm. of the backing tracks, which has the same issue. If you get off from the track, you suddenly have to turn it off. Whereas the way Donnie yeah. and I had set it up for us, it didn't matter. If it got off, we did it in sections so that he could shut it off. And as we were playing, we didn't have to stop. And then he could get it forwarded to the next section that was going to be the next point of the song that we we're getting to. And bing, he triggers it at the start. And we're right back in sync with everything. And it was yeah. awesome. So while yeah. it never really happened to us, it was a really great system because it didn't skip. <laughs> Yeah, And if it was something else that caused it to get off, we could solve the issue in the middle of the song. So that was awesome. Plus it helped us in terms of arrangement. If we ever wanted to change the arrangement of the song, we could do it on the fly as we were playing and we wouldn't have issues with having to pre-program that out, which was great. So, yeah. 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 Anyway, enough about Ableton and all that stuff. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it was great for that. So, but, but, then again, that, that's a very specific workflow case, yeah, where, yeah, when it kind of came from that. So if that's something, it seems like a lot of guys are, they're sort of perhaps in the EDM world mm-hmm. that um, like FL Studio, what, what for me would always be like Fruity Loops, but that, that seems like a, a big one there as well. I don't know why that is. I haven't used it. Yeah. Um, but it seems like, I mean, there's even guys that are, I've seen um, composers using it and all this kind of stuff. So it, it's not like it's just pigeonholed into that market. It, it could be whatever. But it just kind of goes to show, I think, that um, first of all, any DAW that's out today, I think, is more than capable of doing a lot of things. So it, and it's not like it is necessarily genre specific like oh if you're recording bands you have to use um logic or pro tools or what have you and if you are a dj you have to use ableton live or or whatever it happens to be you, you can get away with that but um sometimes just how we kind of work with it might be better suited for our end need as it were yeah that's always a good thing to kind of think about as like right now Luna to me being the new kid on the block in a sense, that's the most probably known new kid. Cause there are other DAWs that are relatively new as well. Luna is really kind of geared right now for basic mixing, basic yeah. tracking. It's not geared for super advanced stuff yet. I see right. the inklings of like something that will come down the road on that, but it's not there yet. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's 
It, yep. I think that is like a big deal in terms of like, what do you choose? What platform are you running? Mac or PC, Linux, whatever. And then when you're in that environment, what audio hardware are you planning to use? That all becomes useful to choosing what DAW you're going to end up rolling. Yeah. With. And one DAW that has done amazingly well, and I have to admit, I was surprised that they were able to pull it off, was um, Studio One. But yes. Yes. Because they, they were, you know, admittedly sort of late to the game of doing one. And everybody's, wow, nobody's going to adopt that because you already had all of these other options, right? Sure. But they have done, by all accounts, a remarkable job with, with that and apparently listening to their users and, and incorporating functionality in this. And I think by the time we're recording this, I think they're sitting on version five, I think something like that. Um, well, and of early course they on, have... they, as a Presonus endorsee, mm -hmm. early on, they actually gave it to me to give feedback for, and it was, yeah. it was too young <laughs> at the point yeah. giving them certain feedback, but they did some really nice things that a lot of DAWs tend to do now. Like you can take your key commands with you per DAW. So that is really have, cool. Yeah. If you are used to Pro Tools key commands, you can have them in Studio One. If you're used to Logic key commands, you can have them in Studio One. And technically speaking, you can do the same sort of thing in Logic. You just have to do everything by hand. So, well, no, well, yeah, you can, but you can import like uh, key command sets, right? So, uh, but but it does require. I think you know. I backtrack a little bit there. I think it does require that you need to set them up a certain way. Yeah. Um, but but then again, it's that requires that that functionality that you're trying to to do is implemented the same way in that DAW. And I think that's where people get hung up a little bit when they're trying to go in between two or sometimes three DAWs, right? That, that key command just doesn't work anymore. And you go, okay, well, how do I do this? Well, in XYZ DAW, you have to do two or three key commands to perform the same task. And then they go, well, that's just stupid. Yeah, well, why are you switching DAWs then if you're <laughs> if it's already <laughs> working for you, you know? Right. Um, so, well, yeah. and I have that so issue currently right now with Luna. And I'm hoping, I'm sure. hope that they eventually add the ability to take the, to program your own key commands because they are so foreign in, in Luna that it's insane. Mm -hmm. Like just some things require more than one key that only takes one key in logic. And of course, in logic, you can program any one key to do any one thing, which is great. Sure. Not everything is a multi-key command. Um, I can't wait till Luna can do that. That's, that's a big one for me because it's like switching between the two. It's like, oh, good God, what a pain in the ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah, of remembering no, I, I, key commands and stuff. It's like, oh, sure. so, so rough. And I'm, I'm a big fan of like any DAW that allows you to program your own key commands. So it's like, you know how you have your workflow. It doesn't matter once you get to a certain DAW. If you can set a key command for that workflow, you're golden. Yeah. And that's one thing oh, that yeah. uh, helps transition between DAWs for sure. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know we talked in uh, an early episode as well, but um, what's your stance on sort of standardized key commands then? 
where, where like, because to me that that's a bit of a sticking point because I know um, Logic has when it's gone through some major revisions like updates, they've just like cleaned house essentially with like <laughs> key commands of like yeah that, that, nope you don't do that like that anymore now it's going to be this and you're sitting there you've been working on the same door for 20 years and it's like why is that not working well and the beauty that, of that, it though is that you can actually change it back sure for the most that, part that that is true right which right. is good uh it's not great for the standardization of things which is why there mm -hmm. was a what was a keyboard there was a keyboard cover for keyboards or even specifically yeah. you could buy keyboards for specific applications, but there, yeah. there was keyboard covers that made covers for keyboards yeah, like, that you could buy yeah, for, like specific keys and stuff. For, spe for specific yeah. editors, whether it was Final Cut or Adobe Premiere or Logic or Pro Tools, Cubase and what have you, so that you could actually have a visual representation on your keyboard. Though I'm, I rarely like looking at my keyboard. I'd rather look at the screen. <laughs> so, yeah. so I had one of those keyboard covers for a while. And when I eventually... Never, I realized I never used it. I was never looking down at my keyboard to go, what key command is this? It's like if I started yeah. using a key command, I memorized the damn thing and then went with it. So uh, yeah. what was your question again about the stance? <laughs> Should there well, be stance on sort of like, well, you've kind of covered it here, but my, your stance on the, the flexibility of customization, which I think we both agree is a good thing. Yeah, it's but a then great at the thing same in that time, regard. But to try yeah. and standardize all DAWs to use the same key commands, that's that I think. I don't think that's possible. User. I don't think it's going to be possible either. No, Not from a but, but, company standpoint. Right. But but from the same standpoint, I kind of like where um, Pro Tools I know does this, or or if I'm I'm wrong, correct me, please. Um, but there is a standard set of hardwired key commands. So the benefit of that is of course if you sit down on somebody else's rig. You already you have the key commands, yeah, right? You already have those key yeah, commands. Right. And I think now, that, that being said, yes. <laughs> in in logic, you can import your own key command sets. So you I used to have those on a USB stick when I would yeah. come to your studio, mm -hmm. where it's like, okay, I'm here and you just import that and, and you can have presets for key commands. And I think that's a really elegant solution as well. Because I know I've done that when I used to come to your place and I'm hitting key commands that that are not reacting. <laughs> yeah, because I had I had pre-programmed a whole bunch of my own and yeah, changed some it, that it, were standard. And I I eventually yeah. got away from that. I started using most of them being standard, and then I had a couple like there was one key. There's still one key command that I use, and in Logic that uh -huh. makes me wicked fast when it comes to yeah. tracking and recording, and. Uh -huh. A few updates back a few years ago in when Apple did an update, they took that key command out and made it impossible to, to remake it. a key command out of it, which turned oh. a one key punch into a three key process, which really sucked. <laughs> so I was fortunate enough to have the ear of Apple to be able to be like, did you guys mean to do this? And they wrote back and said, no, that might be a bug, which I think they meant to do it. And they were just responding nicely as saying, no, we didn't. Yeah. We, we, were, we were planning on doing it, but they put it back in within like 24 hours and, and released another dot update. Like, I think it was like within 24 hours. It was pretty quick. Huh. If it wasn't 24, yeah. it was 48. And they put it right back in and had, you know, left the ability to do it. And it was just one of those things where it was like, that would have been 
just game changing for me. If I had to go from a one key to a three key thing, it was like, there's just no way this is stupid. So uh, kudos to Apple for putting that key command back in, in such a quick turnaround of time after an update. So, but with that, right. why don't we take a quick up uh, ad break for a word from our sponsor and ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are your peers using, Chris? That could help influence what you're going to do with a DAW. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's get back on the track of actually talking about DAWs and our key commands here. But um, yeah, if you are collaborating with people um, and you are switching projects back and forth, that is certainly a consideration. If you are, you know, sending complete files, session files, it, it, it can be done, but you're constantly bouncing out and doing, you know, stem mixing and all this kind of stuff to, to share projects if you're not sharing the same DAW. So yeah, that, that's something that I would definitely consider as well. Now you and I do a fair amount of collaboration here and yep. we have a pretty seamless workflow when it comes to that. Um, but if we were in different DAWs, let's say that you would down the line just switch completely to Luna, that would probably have to change, right? Because well, I'm not a UA guy at this point. But yeah, I don't know. It, if I mean, that it can be so done, but the it's way not that we're doing it because we actually exchange files across the server. We don't exchange the sessions so much as we no, did initially. No, but but there is that functionality where you can just when you import a file, mm -hmm. even if it's not from downbeat of one, right? Logic knows how to place it in the area where it was recorded. I think there's a lot so of DAWs that can do that. I don't think Luna can do it yet, but uh, broadcast well, wave, I think, <laughs> well, but broadcast wave format allows for that in pretty much any DAW. So as long as your synchronization settings are set, I think there's several yeah. DAWs that can do that. I think Pro yeah. Tools might be able to do that as well. I don't think I don't think that's a logic only thing, but it's certainly a very yeah. nice function because logic allows yeah. you to make that quote unquote a key command. Um, yeah, no, sure I think that that that's something though that I mean that to me that that opens up a can of worms that I yes. wonder if that is always going to be is, is right. Definitely you're always kind of like muddying the waters a little bit and how how things yeah. get dealt. So 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 that's one. Um, other things to consider there with if it's the delivery of files at the end of the day, right? Mm -hmm. If you are, I know that in in the post world, like yep. people that work in post-production, um, I think still believe that the Pro Tools is pretty much king there still, right? So that you might even have to deliver in that format. Um, now that doesn't mean that all composers are using Pro Tools, but they might just, you know, convert it into or record it essentially into a Pro Tools session to deliver that as opposed to just a multitude of stems and, and uh, tracks. So there are those things to consider as well. Now, yes. if you're just getting into um, writing and, and engineering and recording your own stuff, you might not be ready to deliver for post work just yet. <laughs> so that might be less of an issue. Um, but but still, a valid one to think about is like if that's the goal, I need to update from, let's say I'm coming from whatever platform and, and I'm going to start working in post-production, it's probably not a bad idea to know a little bit about Pro Tools and that, sure. that might be an option. Yeah. Yep. Or 
as the aforementioned live. If you know, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going to be doing more like live triggering and stuff. But again, DAW's logic just recently had, was it 10.5? Yeah, where, where it started with like sort of like the live loops and the things live and, loops and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and there's you know you mentioned before like Bitwig and and I didn't mention like Bitwig that. before. We're you can mention it now, but yes. Well, not today, but in another podcast. Oh yeah, yeah, was yeah, your, yeah. Your yeah, Friday find at one point. Yeah, so um, there are it's those blurred lines through every DAW. So again, it just kind of comes down to what you're comfortable working with. I think. Yeah. Well, it also, it, I think it helps too, based on like who you're working with. Uh, I know early on, I think you were using Cubase when I yep. tortured you to the dark side of logic. <laughs> well, this goes, now I'm, I'm totally dating myself and you in the process here. Thanks but, a lot, pal. <laughs> uh, well, it, for, for context here, it, it, it needs to be erased. Um, by the time I went did the switch, it was just when Cubase had become Cubase Audio, when you started to be able to record audio into it. Sure. And um, we were together in a a bound situation at the time, and you showed me how you had used some special effects tracks type of things for for that band, and right. that was using uh, Logic. And yes. it was Logic 4 at that point. Um and I was like, wow, this is really cool. So I was in the process of, of changing or I was going to update at some point. And with all the new functionality, I decided like, you know what? I'm going to go Logic. And I gave that a try. And uh, you haven't looked yeah, back I since. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't looked back since. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, on a little bit of a personal note here, when I I, I almost considered it when Logic went, Logic 10. Mm. I, I, it took me a minute to get used to the, the interface there and everything. I, 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 was, I was like, wow, it's a GarageBand Pro now. Uh, but, I think a lot um, of people thought that. Yeah, but I warmed up to it. But, but that was the only time when I really sort of like considered uh, I might go a different route here. Um, you think but, Apple's really good at pushing people, pulling them along, kicking and screaming, like, you can't do this. This sucks. I mean, they made the big jump between the same same sort of thing happened with Final Cut Pro because it went from Final Cut Pro 7 to Final Cut Pro 10. I think they skipped yeah. a few numbers. And when they did mm -hmm. that, it was a massive rearrangement of how to work with Oh, video. yeah. It was insane. Yeah, I remember people were pissed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people went ballistic about yeah. that one. Anyway, it's the same sort of thing that happened when they picked up eMagic and, and turned Logic into an Apple-only thing. It's like, you just pissed off a bunch of people. So it's yeah. not like they're, it's not like they haven't done no, it before. No, they're not it's afraid like, to do yeah, that. They're yeah. not afraid to do that. I'm sure they'll do it again. There's no question yeah. about it. So, yeah. but now here, we should dive into the final little bit of like, does the dog Let's really do matter? It. And this is something, this is, to end, end off the whole kind of segment, this is probably the most important thing about what it does the DAW really actually matter. And the first yeah. thing that comes to mind has to do with the actual ones and zeros of how a DAW interacts with audio in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the absolute reality is when no plugins are involved, like literally zero plugins involved, there is no difference between Pro Tools, Logic, Luna, Cubase, Digital Performer, uh, 
Fruity Loops. Reason. Ableton. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Any, any DAW, literally the ones and zeros of the actual audio with no other thing going on, there is no difference. You can take yep. a recording that was done in Logic, put it into Fruity Loops, invert the phase, it's gone. It, it, that's yeah. that's your test and it's like anything that just deals strictly with just the ones and zeros of just the audio no plugins involved there's no difference that doesn't yeah. that, that's across the board no daw affects anything like that differently now other things that come into play with it where you have choices and some daws allow you the choices some don't that comes mm -hmm. in with panning laws and how yeah. things change in volume based on whether you're panning things from center to left or right. And right. some are hardwired to be a specific pan law and some allow you to change the pan law based on your desired workflow. So yep. that's, that's one thing that comes in there in terms of like a difference in sound, because I think mm -hmm. the pro tool standard is minus six, if I'm not mistaken. Logic allows uh, you to choose between none, minus three, minus three compensated, compensated. minus six yeah. compensated, and minus six as well. There might be a few others, but they have several different pan laws involved in there. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure on that Pro Tools panel. I, I, I could be wrong, but I, well, it, it's a different number anyway. Let, let's just say that, that than a large. So that way you're obviously getting different values. Like if you're panning something hard left and hard right, it's not going to sound identical to sure. that. Um, so th there, there is that. Now, one thing that I have noticed firsthand mm -hmm. and you, cause you showed me with Luna <laughs> and I would not, cause I would have said like, no, you're crazy. Th there's no way, but it is true. Uh, and that is how, the audio engine in certain DAWs, Luna, we're looking in your direction. Um, <laughs> Interact behaves. with the plugins they use. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know what they do, but it is different. Yeah. And we're the not talking about, different. yeah, we're not talking about, you know, how there is the, um, it was like the Neve summing plugin or any of that in Luna, no, right? We're uh, not talking about that, but the actual, only. yeah. Yeah. Third party, that it is different somehow mm -hmm. it is and i think um they're, they're well i'm speculating here but obviously since universal audio has sort of made its name for all the emulations and things like that right i'm, I'm assuming there is something going on there where in the math that it's dealing with um whatever convolution or whatever is happening in the plugins to to possibly add harmonic distortion or something in some way that, that it's tweaking the sound. But um, I think the phrase that we used when we A-B'd a couple of mixes that you had done was that there was a different depth yes. to the, the ones that, that were there. And it is very real. Now, when most people notice, no. No. <laughs> but, but if you sit and you go like A-B and you're really, really listening, um, you can pick up on the difference. Yes. Um, so, so there is that. How once you start throwing like plugins into the mix, then then it could be different. I'm not even sure if, if it would be a difference between. I'm not talking about Luna now, but right. um, it, how let's say a plugin is available as both an audio unit and a VST, a VST for right. example, if there would be a different sound there. I doubt it, 
But uh, Luna is definitely doing something different. And I wonder if that's something where, um, let's say that if it's intentional or if it's not because it's just early days of of the die yet. You I'm going to go know, with intentional. I mean, why, you else would you, would be why else would you create a new DAW in that regard? Because the actual well, ones and zeros of the DAW itself, they're, they're not different because I, as we nerded yeah. out on this <laughs> mm-hmm. to, yeah. to, to test this theory, um, literally just swapping the audio between the DAWs with nothing involved other than the DAW and the audio, there was no difference. I mean, it was literally, yes. you could invert the phase and bye-bye, it goes away. And yeah. it's, that's your that's your nerd test. But when it right. came to actually interacting with the plugins, that's where there was not just a minimal effect. It was a quantifiable effect that was actually very different. I mean, because if you do yeah. the same thing on your own plugin and your own DAW and you run it a couple of times, you're going to get minor little artifacts in the inver- inverted phase thing. And that's to be right. expected because that's just how... Right. The emulations work. However, between DAWs with those plugins, between Luna specifically and, and other DAWs, it was night and day different. I mean, it was like it was almost like you didn't even invert the thing. <laughs> you, know, you could hear. Yeah, there, so there was much a lot left over. Through. It was ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the so, game may be changing in that regard with how DAWs start working with plugins. I yeah, mean, and I do think you know it, when we're talking about those, the, the biggest difference is what you mentioned there when we're talking about um, emulation plugins and things, and also especially, um, I think, reverbs and things where they are programmed to react differently to to incoming signals and over time as well, right? Mm -hmm. So you have that sort of randomness built in. Um, So there will be obviously a a certain amount of bleed there, if you will. But it was, yeah, that that was that was kind of remarkable. It wasn't yeah. like I was, oh, I'm gonna use Luna and I'm gonna go all in on, on UA. But sure. I know you've you've obviously kept going with it because you're a UA guy and you see that potential yes. for it there. So yep. um, I, I'm fighting through it, the system to use it for mixes that are highly important. As as yeah. much as I I, I wish it worked as well as, say, a Logic or a Pro Tools or a Digital Performer or Cubase or Ableton or whatever has way more advanced features for their mixing capabilities at the moment. Luna, obviously, still being so very young, yeah, will eventually get there. But you sure. know, the early the early comparisons at this point make it like make me want to stumble through that to like just say. <laughs> Damn, it it does make that big a difference in terms of like yeah. it it it's as we've stated I think before and, and we've talked to other people about it. It's like the idea of being the amateur to the pro is not one giant aha moment. It's yeah hundreds of little one percent little things that you do that distinguish what you're doing from somebody that either has no clue or doesn't put in the effort to do it. Sure. Um, and, and it's all those little things that add up together and that difference in Luna and how it's reacting to plugins. And that's where Luna has a difference from other DAWs. But is it great for doing EDM? Not so much. You know, is it great for doing a lot of things right now? Maybe. Not really. No. Mm-hmm. I, I w- I'm going to say it's not ready for 100% prime time yet. Is it good yeah. in terms of how it sounds sonically? You're damn right it does. But yeah. it has nothing to do with the DAW itself. It has everything to do with how it's doing its math with its plugins. And whatever it's doing, it is 
doing it differently and whatever it's doing and doing differently, it is a quantifiably noticeable difference. You can actually hear it because as you mentioned, uh, you weren't the only person that I did these tests with and yeah. everybody 100% across the board picked the Luna mix yeah. every time, mm -hmm. whether they knew what they were listening for or not, they picked the Luna mix, which is really weird. Yeah. I mean, no, I remember because I, I listened like, to it. I'm huge. like, yeah, I was like, what? I, I hear that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, to sort of put a bow on this, um, does it all matter? No. Use the one for your workflow. Yes, that suits you better. Does it sound different? No, unless you're using Luna, then maybe. With <laughs> <laughs> some plug um, of course. Yeah, but um, no, use what you feel comfortable with. And, you know, there are free options out there as well. We should mention, like, we haven't mentioned Reaper, Reaper like one time now. Yeah. So what about that Audacity? Seems to be gaining. Is that free too? I don't know if Audacity <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know, but I mean, there's there's a lot of different ones now. But uh, I yeah, would say for Mac users, you get the free GarageBand as well, and that's a very capable DAW in an ex to an extent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so th there's a lot of great options there. Um, search and see what you think fits your workflow, and that's I think that's the biggest thing to consider. And what your friends are using, because your friends uh, are important too. Oh, and on that note, <laughs> let's jump over to Friday finds. And Chris, what do you found this week? I have found a um, Swedish, yay, plugin developer called Cleav uh, Grand. And <laughs> Say that if again. I put on my, um, should I do the Swedish? Uh, yeah. I'll do, uh, well, Cleav Grand. Mm. Um, should be Clav Grand if, if I use my. American voice, um, but they have well, they have a multiple multitude of plugins. But one that I thought was really kind of cool was a percussion instrument called Ting, and Ting <laughs> is a Swedish word for things. Uh, and it's Sorry, basically I'm no, it sounds me, silly, but it does because it, <clears throat> I, I just want to interject as you're as you're going to yeah. go on about this. But uh, I, as I, I attended Berkeley College of Music. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of um, Asian uh, students there uh -huh. and nothing wrong with that. But uh, there was a running joke while I was attending there that. Uh, Wait, are we going to get in trouble for this joke? Here? <laughs> I don't think so. No, there's a running joke. Okay. If you ran around and uh, ching, 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 to make the sound of like uh, your drummer hitting a cymbal. And right. uh, in certain Asian languages, that's a dirty word. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and of course, right. as American students don't realize this, they start saying, well, can you do like a chink, 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 or whatever the pattern is right. that they wanted on a right. ride or a crash. And the Asian students would all start laughing because it's like you're actually referring to a part of the human anatomy and it's, right. uh, made him laugh. So anyway, Ting yeah, kind of reminded me ting. of that because you're talking about percussion and Ting. And the first thing I right, got right. pops in my head is Ching. <laughs> yeah, it's basically a, so I'm going to steer the, the pod, Get it podcast back on, track, back on yes. course here. Thank you. Um, where this is a uh, percussion, percussion instrument with essentially stuff that you would find around your house. Yes. That you can do program sequences with. So there's foot stomps and there's pillows and, and glass bottles and what have you. And I thought that was an interesting kind of concept 
to kind of kind of do as opposed to go and sampling all this kind of stuff by yourself. Uh, but they're all affordable, and I, I I thought that was like a really cool concept. And uh, they're Swedish, so yay, yay, go Swede. F- fly the flag there a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? What do you got for us this week, Jody? I'm going to a piece of hardware that uh, you need in order to get sound into an audio interface to actually record sound, like if you wanted to sample a pillow or whatever. And we're going to mm-hmm. talk about the Telefunken ELAM 260, which is a- Wow, that very, rolls off the tongue, yeah, doesn't right? it? <laughs> it's a very long name for a, for a really, really nice microphone. Uh, essentially, the 260 is like this tubular mic, as many tend to be. And <laughs> it's really great for, for a lot of- uh, Stringed instruments is uh, oh. essentially and an, an acoustic instruments of that nature. Uh, I wouldn't go so much as to say that it would be brilliant on electric guitars, but certainly on acoustic guitars and woodwinds and quote unquote percussion. If you want to go sample some pillows and glass breaking and all that kind of stuff. So all kinds cool. of uh, things like that. Plus, you know, woodwinds and saxes and violins and cellos and, Acoustic instruments, man. Acoustic percussion. This microphone is like choice. (laughs) Cool. So the telephone. ELAM 260. Yeah. Nice. And then, you know, the other thing that's actually really cool about this particular mic is that you can get different pickup patterns by switching out the heads because I believe it comes with three different head types. So oh, that's so you're another physically thing. switching. So you're fish, that. Yeah, you're fish, uh, physically <laughs> changing or have the ability to change the heads on that mic. Okay, cool. Sounds good. Yes. And with that, while we have your attention, we would like to tell you to go to the website and leave us a review at inside the recording studio.com forward slash review or you can just go to insidetherecordingstudio.com, although we don't have the review page as like an extra function that you can find without actually typing that in. But going there gets you a link to get us to the Apple podcast to give us a review there because that kind of stuff actually helps us out immensely. Also, while you're there, you can sign up for our email list and you'll want to do that right now because if you check out insidetherecordingstudio.com forward slash contest... There's something going on. And you'll also get weekly reminders about tips that we do with the Tuesday tips and other types of things. And we'll make sure that you don't miss any future episodes of the podcast. In addition to that, if you send us an email at goldstar at insidetherecordingstudio.com with the word DAW, you might just get something back in your inbox that might make you smile. And if you have a topic of suggestion that you would like for us to explain in a future episode, contact us at our contact page at the website and we'll put it into consideration for rotation. And with that, we will see you later. Have a good one, Jody. Thanks for listening, everybody.